Hi guys, welcome back to the original judo podcast. It's just me this week and you know as we reach the end of the year I'm talking about what we've got coming up for the podcast and in judo. Uh, as the recording is about to go out we are halfway through the Tokyo Grand Slam um, with the World Masters taking place a fortnight from now as well. That's the final event of the year. We've got no GB contingent out in Japan, but there is a decent sized team set for the Masters. Eight women, three men, although I think it could be subject to change should there be some wild results in Tokyo. So I know those guys going out to the Masters, you're going to be looking forward to it. You know, a result there or a few wins. That puts a lot of Olympic ranking points on the board and it will be a great way to start the new year full of confidence. Out in Tokyo, though, Japan have. Well, again, we they are showcasing their judo for the world. They've taken all six gold medals at the halfway stage and 11 other medals. Nations not Japan have only won seven with no country winning more than a single medal at this stage. And that's across the middleweights. Yeah. And uh, for me, I always consider those categories the ones that the the Japanese are maybe less strong, less consistent. at. Um, it's conceivable with, you know, they've got world or Olympic champions competing in seven of the remaining eight categories that they could return with all 14 titles, you know, in their home Grand Slam, which is an unreal prospect. Looking across all the ways, there's only three categories where they're not actually fielding our world or Olympic champion, you know, 60s, 63s and 70s, which again is unbelievable, demonstrates the strength and depth that they have. Um. Personal perspective, I'm hugely grateful to those who are sharing highlights, uh, whether that's on Twitter or Instagram. You know, the the time difference has made it really difficult to watch live. And for me, this is where the IGF's paywall subscription service becomes like a real pain. And, I, you know, for me, it's something that I really hope they rethink in the new year. Um. Yeah, that being said, thanks to those guys who are posting stuff. It's great to kind of keep up with the highlights, see what's going on. Over the Christmas holiday, I'm going to try and uh, put a blog together of the best judo media out there. Kind of working document just to, you know, keep track of, yeah, what's online. So um, thanks to everyone who's contributed something so far. I'm hoping to create something that can be yeah, consistently added to. It, something that ends up being a resource, cataloging the best of the stuff on the web. Um, if you have any recommendations, any little nuggets, sites or channels that you think you might be the only person who knows about or, you know, give yourself a shout, let me know. Uh, Twitter and Instagram it is at Original Judo Pod. Now, couple other things i wanted to go into we are not too far distant from the worlds uh took place in tashkent in october and one result that stood out for me was a return to the top of the global podium for the rio olympic champion rafael silva 
So Silver obviously missed the Tokyo Olympics as she was serving a doping ban, having tested positive for Phenotero, which is a asthma medication. So at some point, I might get around to revisiting the issue of doping in judo. Um, the level of transparency that there maybe is in judo compared to other sports. I think, uh, for example, athletics has uh, an independent body set up to manage threats to the integrity of the sport. And they currently list more than 500 athletes and support personnel who are you know, currently serving a ban. Of those, 100 are being lifetime ban- bans. So some of those are historic cases. Um, conversely, the IGF, only have a list of four cases Uh, and they suggest as well that in 2021 only 131 athletes were tested in IGF events Um, I'm not I'm not saying there's a doping issue in judo but I'd be amazed if this was the a true representation the the yeah the extent of doping in judo you know um if you do, if you are interested in exploring that a little bit more, uh, I think if you uh, don't mind going back to episode 45 of the pod, released way, way back in March 2020, it was recorded well before that with one of the original contributors, Chris Millward. Um, it's not the greatest recording, but yeah, Chris did a huge amount of research. We took a bit of a deep dive into the doping landscape in world judo. And listening back is quite a interesting listen. Um, in terms of the pod itself, we've got some really fun episodes coming up. Lucky enough, you know, to have managed to grab interviews with a load of the Team GB athletes, some coaches between training and competition. They're going to come out in due course. At the minute, I'm feeling super motivated. So... There might be the introduction of like a, a shorter midweek episode coming out too. Uh, the plan is to work on a series of them over Christmas, then release them um, one at a time as we head into the new year. So keep your eyes open for that. Finally, thank you to everyone the last few weeks who's reached out and let me know that they've been enjoying the show, enjoying the interviews. It means a lot. It's nice to know it's appreciated. Um, And yeah, my guess my... Signing off this episode, my big Christmas wish is that the IGF reconsider their paywall. Other than that, guys, you know the score. Like, subscribe, share it, blah, blah, blah. Catch you soon.